0: In today's episode, Tommy Janis invites us to the bar, serves us some pre-workout, and we have some laughs along the way. This is Chalk My Back. I'm
1: off beat, I'm
2: off beat, my back.
0: What's the, what's the theme song, Anas? Uh, Cheers? Na na
2: na. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, the, the the running meme here, Tommy, is that Anas doesn't know the theme song to his own podcast. So I didn't oh. even know we had a theme song. <laughs> you didn't even know we had a podcast. You thought we were just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have Tommy Janis here. Uh, Tommy is an online coach, personal trainer, uh, coaches more than just powerlifting, trains all types of sports at his gym, uh, the bar, which is in San Angelo. Sure. Yeah. Owner of the gym.
3: Uh, got a master's degree in coaching and sport, recreation and fitness. Uh, I'm a certified USAPL senior national coach. I was actually in the very first course for the coaching certification. Been involved in powerlifting for over 20 years.
0: Wait, what? Dude, you yeah. look young.
3: I started when I was in middle school. I'm, I'm yeah, 35, I know. You're, man. You're... I'm 35.
0: Yeah, dude, you look, I thought, yeah, I would have said no more than 28, probably 29. I maybe that. I'm just getting older. <laughs> dude, I tell you what, I see people my age and I think that
3: they're like 10, 15 years older than me just because they don't take care of themselves.
0: That's what it is, man. Uh, people can find the bar at uh, 432 North Bell in San Angelo. Yep, that's right. 432
3: North Bell.
1: So you I don't have think you've uh, seen
3: our new spot yeah. yet.
1: So you have a new spot now?
3: Yeah, we're so now. We it's been about uh, I guess a year and a half, almost two years. We moved into a bigger spot. It's triple the size. Um, I haven't even finished renovating it. Um, there's a upstairs too that I haven't even touched yet. It still needs renovating.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: We got a backyard and all our strongman stuff. We got some punching bags hung up. But uh yeah, we're we we got. 9500 square feet now.
1: What's big is are you yeah. the biggest uh I guess strength specific gym in San Angelo now?
3: Oh, I mean we were the biggest before but but now even 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 further solidified we're the biggest uh strength gym in San Angelo period. Nice.
1: So what's um what's the powerlifting I guess the powerlifting group look like out there now? Cuz I remember when I started I mean, there wasn't too many of us We were still kind of like a, you know, fairly sized collegiate team. But now since your gym has grown, like how how have you noticed uh, powerlifting in that area?
3: We have. We've definitely grown, um, you know, within our, our, our just our within the gym community, our powerlifting community in the gym has grown and. And there's, there's ones that you see every day that are more in it. And then there's ones that are kind of on the outskirts. They're in it. Um, but collectively, including everybody, we probably got 25 to 30 people involved in powerlifting at our gym right now.
1: That's pretty nice. That's cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Plus,
3: the ASU kids are coming here right now also. And there might be 15 to 20 of them there's not a whole bunch of them
1: all right and um, are are most of those ASU kids like familiar with powerlifting through a high school or are some of them like brand new to the sport
3: some of them uh, it's a mix um, you know just like it was back in the day when you were around mm-hmm. it's it's a mix of people who are brand new and a mix of people who are more experienced we have a couple lifters that we're on scholarship from a couple other schools and they didn't enjoy it. And then they came here. So,
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So that must be nice for them to get to experience like, you know, Uh. what it's like to be in like a powerlifting specific gym. That's pretty neat. So any, um, I guess, future plans for what you're going to do in this new space. I knew, I know you said you're still renovating. So what else are you going to put in your gym?
3: Well, a lot of it's cosmetic um, renovations, but things that I've done so far. Um, of course, I built an office, which is pretty big, a little bit bigger than I needed, really. But uh, it's it's also my little supplement shop too. But I built a, a really nice looking bar.
0: Oh. Um, you mean like yeah. well, wait? You mean like a barbell, or you mean like a glug glug bar?
3: Like a bar you go get a beer at. Oh hell yeah <laughs> yeah so it's I, I built the bar and uh, I use it to make I'm making custom pre-workout energy drinks dude so you can put whatever nice. ingredients you want how and make it as strong as you want I and need with this. whatever flavors you want as well as you know the full sugar good.
0: Whoa. Why have I never? Why have I never heard of this as a concept before? This makes so much sense. We we talked yeah, about exactly.
1: it as a concept before. You, it was in the back of your head. You wanted like a <laughs> no, full no, ball.
0: no, no. That was a a NAS. Oh yes, I said I wanted. Uh, so in our in our perfect gym, Tommy, we mm-hmm. actually uh, we a NAS. It's funny enough. Wants to have Alico equipment all decked out if money wasn't an option, <laughs> decked right. out with Alico equipment. And also, Anas wants to have his own staff just 24 hours on call. My <laughs> own now. spotters, yeah. Your own spotters, of course. They double yeah. as spotters, masseuses, and staff. But we'd also mention that a bar where they would make like um, just more than like the normal protein supplements. Mm-hmm. But this is like pre workout makes so much sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. His,
3: and yeah. I have some guys that get one every day. They come in to work out and they get the same thing every time. Sometimes just with different flavors, but, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, it's, it certainly isn't as cheap as just buying a tub and scooping it, but it's completely custom. You can have, if you got someone that really likes beta alanine and they want to add some beta alanine, they can go to town, uh, and in the same sense, someone who says they love all the ingredients except caffeine, well, then we just pull the caffeine out, you know, and just mm-hmm. add a whole bunch of other stuff.
1: Nice. So it, it's
3: pretty rad.
1: Nice. His place sounds like a NASA's dream gym.
0: Well, yeah, you might. Well, Tommy, you got to watch
3: out. Once the Aliko
1: equipment up. drops. <laughs> yeah. Move to San Diego. Well, I,
3: I want to, for our next meet that we host, we just hosted a meet. And it was great. It was our biggest one that we've ever done. We had 70 lifters sign up and uh, I got a bunch of food trucks. We had a barbecue truck come out and they sold out of food completely. And I had uh, two different snow cone trucks. I had one snow cone truck that was here in the early afternoon and then another different business showed up in the afternoon, in the late afternoon and they had another food truck it was like, uh, it was fruit and, but it was more like, like Mexican treats. Like they would put chamoy and different salts and stuff. And, uh, of course we had a
0: power to meet too,
1: but, uh, <laughs> Whoa. I forgot, yeah, yeah, I forgot about the yo, meat. Man. I was getting hungry. It was
0: a food truck park. Yeah, uh, also with <laughs> meat. Dude,
3: it was pretty rad. And well, and next door too, is a, we're kind of an attraction somewhat in that. So my gym is called the bar, mm-hmm. and next door to us is an actual bar. A bar, <laughs> and the name of the actual bar is named my bar.
2: Oh, I, th- I thought I thought <laughs> yeah. it was named the gym.
3: exactly. Hey, honey, I'm going to the gym. The possibility of of calling it, naming their bar the gym. So then we have the gym bar, and the bar next door. <laughs> but uh, he kind of likes his my bar theme. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I don't. Th- I just think it would be funny. Either way, it's pretty funny.
0: It uh, is. Yeah.
3: But we. Uh, but in January, I want to host another meet, and I've been talking with our new state chair Scott Dobbins. and he's working on a deal with Elico that would get. Uh, any sanctioned USAPL meet, elico would offer to borrow uh, a full competition set of uh, a rack, weights, bar, collars, platform, racks, everything. Hmm. And if the gym decides to keep it, then we would get a heavy discount. They haven't decided on what the discount would be yet, but I think I'm just going to go ahead and buy it.
1: Oh, um, nice! If it's, you know, the
3: discounts heavy enough.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: And, and now
2: they're in Austin, right? So like, he can. It's pretty close to you guys.
3: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think that's what makes this deal so much easier for them is that the shipping—they're not shipping from like wherever they were up in the north, Michigan or Wisconsin or something or Ohio. I don't know where where they are. Where they're north North America, you know. But uh, that's – I mean, they'd have to freight it, put in an 18-wheeler. They're still going to have to freight it here, but it's easier to send from Austin to St. Angelo than it would be from
1: yeah, Michigan to St. Angelo. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice, nice. So how did you kind of get started, like, within powerlifting?
3: I got started in powerlifting – I started powerlifting in middle school, actually. Um, I had a really – cool coach that was involved in lifting and, and in abilene the city all the middle schools would have uh we i think we had two meets in middle school
0: mm-hmm.
3: and um we didn't wear singlets or anything it was all raw everyone just wore t-shirt and shorts back then <laughs> and uh but I, I remember doing it back then because I, I mean i started lifting in probably sixth grade hmm and look like actual, seriously, like not just goofing around in the gym like a little kid. And, uh, but even before that, I mean, I, I grew up in the gym seeing my parents lift. You know, my parents did bodybuilding and powerlifting. And, and so, I, you know, I got to see some of that. Mm-hmm. But... You know middle after middle school high school did some high school powerlifting, and even then i I still really didn't take it seriously uh I didn't really take it seriously until I got into college I started at a m and uh was doing some chemistry homework or was supposed to be doing chemistry homework.
1: <laughs> wandered into the gym right <laughs>
3: and yeah. i'm just browsing the website of AM, seeing what all they have and and i see they have a powerlifting club and i look up at the times and i show up the next day and and then that was it i just i think what two maybe a month or two later i jumped in my first meet and which that's a story in itself i showed up for my first meet had no clue what was going on. I just showed up. And some of the teammates they show up and they say, "Hey, where's where's all your gear?" Uh
1: <laughs> you're like, "Gear? What yeah. yeah. well, what are you talking about?"
3: I didn't have anything. I didn't have a belt. I didn't have back then pretty much most all powerlifting is all equipped. Raw wasn't a concept yet. Okay. So they, I, I wore somebody else's singlet for bench. I wore somebody's crappy old Inzer Z suit. Uh, I didn't wear knee wraps because I was stupid. Uh, I didn't have a bench shirt. Uh, the underwear I was wearing at the time, IPF and USAPL didn't allow boxer briefs, so I had to go without underwear. Oh, and I wore no. somebody's dirty socks. <laughs> no, no. Like, Man. Hey, some people do that by choice. You know what I mean? Dude. Yeah. I mean, it's true, but not in a singlet. Yeah. I was just
0: trying to make you feel better. <laughs>
3: right. It was, it was definitely a meat to remember. Yeah.
0: And I think I remember, you had a different use for that baby powder.
3: Uh huh. <laughs> Shoot. I don't even think I used baby powder at the meet. I, I didn't know anything back then. Yeah. And, uh, but I just showed up wearing a bunch of everybody else's stuff. I think the only thing that I wore that was mine
0: was my shoes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so did you and borrow everything else from somebody else? I, I, I Everything
3: I wore besides my shoes was somebody else's. So nice. I wore somebody else's knee-high socks, singlet, squat suit, um, T-shirt. Cause it was a team shirt and, uh, and even a belt, like I borrowed a, a belt from a girl that was like 114 pounds.
1: Oh, no. How much did At, you weigh for your, this meat
3: back then? Uh, I was probably like 170.
1: and you were and wearing a girl's belt. Back, that was one. Oh, no. Now I'm two Oh five. Yeah. So oh. this was
3: 2008, 2007. Okay,
1: okay so i guess and then, after this meet happened like what what made you want to continue with powerlifting because it it doesn't sound like you had a an awesome first experience <laughs> to be honest oh, i
3: had a blast still it oh was, you still
1: had fun oh okay
3: i still had fun man yeah. i it's just it was the environment it was the people you know uh, at that time tech still had a team and i talked with them and talked with some of the ut people and it's just, it's just the community what made it fun. And my thought was I was already lifting weights, so why not just do this too? Mm-hmm. And, and it gave me something else to do, you know, while I was in school.
1: Was there anybody but, while you were lifting at a notable that, like, really helped kind of, like, motivate you or push your training along?
3: I mean, there are people that were, that were cool to me. But honestly, I don't feel like I got a whole lot of help when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wasn't a very good lifter, and and since I was still new, I don't. I feel like I feel like there was a little bit of seniority kind of thing going on there. Like, so a lot of people, a lot of the better lifters got more attention from. We had a coach, but he gave a lot. You know, the top lifters got most of the attention. I got a little bit of help, but it it really wasn't much. You know, I, I was a peon. I. You know, I wasn't, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. so I, I kind of did a lot of my stuff on my own. I didn't go to, I, although I qualified for collegiates that year, I didn't go, I had to drop a class and then I went the next year, which was in Louisiana with the A&M team.
1: Okay. So take us through this meet. Like, what did you, what did you do between that meet and this meet, I guess, differently to prepare better?
3: what did I do better? Yeah. Um, well, I remember going you with, underwear. Yes, I was completely, I had my own everything. <laughs> well, yeah. at this
1: point. Were you more prepared this time around than, than,
3: Oh yeah. I mean, once you have an experience like that, you, you don't forget it unless you're a complete bonehead. Uh, but I, I was, I was ready, set and ready to go. I still remember that meat cause, uh, I still was learning how to master a bench press shirt and I had so much trouble in it. My, I, I developed uh, like tendonitis in my triceps. And so it would flare up when I would wear the shirt. So I just benched raw and I, I squatted and deadlifted equipped and just benched raw. And I, th- I think I still put up like, Something around three sixty, three seventy. Oh, and uh, yeah,
1: it's a pretty good bench press. What were you? What were you weighing around this time? Were you still in the 170, 180 class, or did you? Put-
3: yeah, I, I think I, I was a one eighty one still. So back then, the weight classes were were a little bit different. Um, so instead of one eighty three, it was one eighty one, and uh, I think two thousand twelve was when that changed that we changed our weight classes to be congruent with IPF. Um, but I think, I don't remember, I, I don't even remember what I placed. I know I, I didn't place,
1: oh, but, uh, yeah.
3: you know, I don't know where I've, where I finished.
1: Okay. Um, so, after, and then, yeah. So after this time, was that when you, uh, made the move to San Angelo.
3: Yeah. So after that, that year, um, I ended up moving to San Angelo, I believe in the, after the next semester. So in the middle of the school year and (sighs) it just made so much more sense. The cost of tuition was half and the cost of living was less. And, uh, it it was, it would just been so much easier. So, I left A and switched, transferred to ASU, and I had every intention I was just going to do powerlifting on my own.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, but then I got asked to jump, check out the track team, so I did. I walked onto the track mm-hmm. team and realized their practice was way too demanding, and because I had to work, I had I had to pay the bills, so yeah. I couldn't just do that. So, then I, I found out how much money that clubs got back then, and from what I recall, I think it was like you could get up to five grand a semester for your club.
0: Oh, from the university to sponsor like yeah. anything that your club had as far as expenses?
3: Oh, yeah. Everything. And back then, it, it was such a new concept that pretty much everything you asked for was fair game. So. The first year we were a club, when we traveled, we went to nationals. There's only two of us that actually went. Our food was paid for. Our hotel was paid for. Our airfare was paid for.
1: Oh, that's uh, a sweet deal.
3: It's better Dude, than It was now. awesome. We had yeah, was brand new say. squat suits, brand new bench shirts, everything. The school paid for all of our stuff. It was super rad.
1: Wow. Uh, yeah. Did you, um? did you place um better than when you went to nationals the year before?
3: I know that I placed better. I, I was never a top lifter. I think, I think I was top 10 that year. <sighs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: And, uh, you know, I've, I've never been besides bench press. I've never been, uh, you know, a top all around lifter. And I got in I didn't really take lifting seriously.
1: Okay. So like um, you you say like you're a top bench presser. Um, would you say like your training kind of is more serious for the bench press? Because like we just talked to J Mike recently and he's yeah, been talking fun, right? about how he's trying to master the bench press. Like would you say that's kind of like your goal within powerlifting right now?
3: Right now, I'm just trying to get better <laughs> in the simplest way. You know, in 2016, I got to go to Bench Worlds.
1: Oh, nice. And, yeah.
3: and I I benched more than I've ever done, and I've never been able to do that again. Um, I tore my bicep the next year. So wow. I've just been trying to rebuild. Um, I benched 460 back then. I'm, I'm benching about 430 right now, 435. I guess my goal... I would like to bench 440 under 205, and I'd like to see if, you know, then move up, move up to the 231s, because I could gain, like, 30 pounds, and certainly with 30 pounds of weight gain, I should be able to bench 500, right? We'll see.
1: That would be the hope, yeah. 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 I mean, that's a ton of weight. Yeah. So, how how did you get invited to go to Bench Worlds in 2014? Sounds like a cool so, story.
3: Bench Worlds, I got invited – I went to – basically, I went to Bench Nationals, Mm -hmm. um, which I think was like maybe my second or third one. And so that Bench Nationals was before leading up to the very first um, raw Bench Press Worlds. We've never had a raw Bench Press Worlds. It's always been equipped. Mm -hmm. I actually finished second at Nationals. I really didn't expect anything from it because I was second. But the guy who was in front of me, uh, his name was Bruce something. He declined his invite. He won first and declined his invite. Which, I mean... I don't, you know, I think he got on some, some extra, you know, some stuff.
0: He got, yeah, a, some, stuff. He got a different, a, yeah, different vitamin supplement stuck.
3: Yeah. I think he got some of those extra backdoor supplements.
0: <laughs> the Flintstone. Oh yeah. The chewables. Yeah. yeah they don't make those anymore.
3: Yeah. yeah those Super <laughs> Flintstone vitamins. Those enhanced ones. And so he couldn't go, you know? So he, he, you know, he declined the invite cause he was, you know, there's no way he was going to be able to pull that off yeah. out of meat testing and, uh, cause every lifter that was supposed to go to worlds from the United States was supposed to be out of meat tested. But anyway, uh, so I got to go and my only goal is unvaliant as it sounds was not to be last. Cause I looked at the guys numbers from the other countries and, and I was ranked dead last. Uh, so that was my goal was to not be last.
1: Yeah. but uh what did you place at this meet
3: well i ended up placing fourth and
1: that's pretty good
3: it was pretty magical to me (laughs) uh i mean i remember that's sick dude i mean i i didn't expect it at all because these guys from these other countries they were all they're all benching at at 500 or more
0: they probably do it for a living
3: Well, I think some of them, like, their country pays for them to go. I talked to a couple guys from another country, Georgia. These two guys, and and they looked me up. And, of course, I looked them up, too. And they asked me what I was going to attempt to push. And and I told them that I was going to try and push, like, 460. And they said, wow, you're going to do more than you did your last meet. And – my thought was, why do these guys even care? These guys bench 30, 40 more pounds than me. And so I asked them what they were going to do. And, and they, they, they told me, oh, well, they, they basically said they weren't going to do anything close to what they did at their last meet because they were, weren't clean anymore. Or they, they were not clean when they did that. They were taking drugs.
1: Interesting. And, uh, they told you this at an at a international meet?
3: Yeah, they told me oh this heck? at Worlds, and uh, and I asked uh, the, our coach that we had, and uh, he told me that, that that was actually pretty common, that a lot of countries will do that, and they don't do a lot of drug testing, and people get through the cracks that way. And so what they do is they'll get off whatever they're on, and then they go to Worlds, and then they underperform, and that's exactly what happened. So all these guys from all these different countries underperformed. A lot of them couldn't – some of them, a couple bombed out because they couldn't get their openers. Um, Some of them only got one out of three lifts. Um, Like, for example, after I did my third lift, um, I was – the idea was that I was going to be third. And for about 60 seconds, I was third place. And this guy came up after me who had missed his first and his second. And his opener was heavier than what my third was. And that's what his opener was. It was repeated for the third attempt. He came in and, and, and got it. And so he, he finished third, bumped me down to fourth. But uh, it was it was crazy. And it wasn't... Like strict anything. Actually I think that was probably the most relaxed bench pressing I've ever done in a meet. The press commands happened as soon as I touched my shirt. As soon as the bar touched my shirt, oh, I got a nice.
1: press Touch Touches go awesome. bench press, yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe I, you were just that good. Maybe. Uh you know, maybe it really all came good. together for you. Dude, I weighed two
3: hundred nine pounds at that meet. That's the most I've ever weighed at a meet. Competing against 231 lifters in the 231. When
0: I left, when I got on the <laughs> So plane, you were like 11 pounds less than than your than your peers in the weight classes? Yeah, basically. I mean, some of them were yeah. and,
1: right and they at were 230.
0: Were on 21 pounds. No, what
3: am I talking about? Yeah, you were like 21 yeah, yeah. pounds less. And
1: they were on drugs.
3: <laughs> yeah, even more so. Yeah. Did you take
0: the Marie calendars with you? No. Dude, <laughs> oh, I
3: wish. No, Dude, so, if you would have took that, you would have got first. For real. Well, actually, so I was 209 at the meet, right? When I got on the plane, the morning I got on the plane, I was 218. I was eating like crazy. I was drinking like masking or protein shakes. I had Twinkies with every meal and I ate two pints of ice cream every night.
0: Mm-hmm. But I nice. couldn't it sustain that. like a thing that.
3: diet. Dude, I was <laughs> eating just high everything diet. Uh, I felt Terrible. Like, I smelled bad. Uh, I breathed really hard just from walking. Oh my like, it sucks.
1: But you were like, this bench press is going to move.
3: But I, my bench <laughs> felt great, though. You
1: know?
3: um, but I managed to drop from 218 to 209 in, like, four days. So, that's nuts. Uh, but the the food there was so healthy, you couldn't... You couldn't I couldn't eat enough. Uh
0: Wait, you mean the food at the meat?
3: Yeah, well so the world's was in South Africa. Uh-huh. And to get anywhere we pretty much walked. And well yeah, we did walk. We walked everywhere we went. And so that was one. But the other was the food was pretty healthy. Um even Ketchup had less sugar in it and Gatorades had less sugar in it there. I remember pizza. Once I found out like the exchange rate, I realized their food was so cheap. Yeah. The first night there, I went and ate uh, with, a, with a group of people. Thomas Davis and his coach, Dan what was his Roberts at the time was his coach. And then several people from Alaska. And we went and ate. And they paid, and and T D and his coach Dan paid for my meal, which was really cool. I was like, Wow, I don't even know you guys paid for my food. Well then later on I found out how much our money was worth and uh and it was like the equivalent of paying like a couple dollars and my meal I mean you sit down, oh, It's on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it was like nothing. So one night I bought pizza for the whole team and uh Ordered everybody a large pizza and breadsticks, and uh, and the larges were like the size of our mediums.
1: How much did you have to eat to get your weight back?
3: I didn't really keep track of it. I just ate till I was stuffed. I just ate till I was miserable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like powerlifting. I like part. it. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: I wasn't as scientific as I am now. <laughs> oh yeah. This was
1: back in the day when you would drink a gallon of milk and like, you know, that's what you did to yeah. to lift. Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: But it worked. I mean, it was the best best meat of my life, the best bench of my life, you know?
1: Man, I'm I'm more I'm more like surprised that like people from other countries would like ask you about like drugs and stuff. That's uh <laughs> that's strange. But uh I was
3: surprised.
1: Yeah, like what it's, was I mean, what was your reaction? It's still
3: pretty
2: common now, right? Because like you look at the testing now in, in the U.S. and uh, like other countries, the U.S. is basically the only U.S. Is, has the highest testing um, across. Like we have like the highest testing, and Canada is like the second. Then the rest like basically is untested. Uh,
3: yeah, I think something like that. I was thinking it's either Canada, Germany's up there too. I think they have, I think they have a high amount of testing. Not as high as us. I think it's like half as much. Yeah. However, I mean, so one one of these thoughts that I have and, and this may be conspiracy theorist in me coming out, but um, you know, okay, so IPF wants us to use WADA, right? Okay. And and the point is to have a third party person to administer these drug tests, right? Not somebody within the organization when you do a research study uh, or even you take a supplement to prove that it's uh, there's nothing, it's banned substance free. You send it to a third party to get it tested. Right. And so, and that's generally how research is done. A company will pay or hire another entity to study their product to show that it is valid or not. So, I can't help but think that is there something else going on with with this WADA testing that we have that's third party that's supposed to be non-affiliated with the organization versus us handling our own drug tests? I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's a thought. Not that there anything malicious is going on. Yeah. But something malicious could go on.
1: Oh, yeah, if there, we're there, handling
3: our own stuff you know yeah
1: there could be corruption going on um, no yeah, I never know I mean yeah it is a that's a conspiracy that like I like to go down because <laughs> like I pay a lot of attention to like the Olympic stuff and whenever yeah. that whole can of worms got busted open it makes you it does kind of make you wonder like kind of what is going on other strength sports like behind the scenes that you don't really see you know so you got back from Bench Worlds, you placed fourth. Um, did you? I guess what did you do powerlifting wise after Bench Worlds?
3: What did I do after Bench Worlds? Yeah,
1: like what was so your maybe? your next you know goal or your next venture into the world? I of think home?
3: the next meet I did after Bench World, I I went to Bench Nationals, and I remember. That, so after that meet, uh, I was deadlifting at some point before I went to nationals. And uh, there was a, a fellow in the gym that was giving me some bad advice on how to grip the bar on deadlift. And and I shrugged it off the first few times and just said no, and but he was persistent. So I just went ahead and tried what he suggested.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: and uh this grip uh ended up putting a lot more emphasis on my on uh activity in my forearms like requiring me to put a lot more effort into gripping the bar and so by doing that it also put a bunch of tension on my bicep so i ended up popping my bicep and uh and i didn't man uh, yeah, it's really sucked. Uh, my was bench it a full-on tear? It, it was a partial tear, and I should have mm-hmm. gone to the doctor, but me being an idiot, I didn't, and it made the recovery a lot longer.
0: Oh, man. I'm um, sorry to hear that.
3: Yeah, so I didn't bench for like six months, and and then when I came back, you know, it was not very good. Um, um I take that back. That wasn't the next year. That was a that was a, a year. I did a, na- a bench nationals before that, and then that happened. So that's my mistake. I wasn't thinking.
1: Yeah. So what were you doing, kind of within like this this off period, whenever your bicep was messed up?
3: When I couldn't, man i I was doing safety bar squat. Yeah. Um. I really couldn't do a whole lot. Cause you, you kind of realize then like how much your bicep is involved in so many things and even setting up and positioning yourself. Like I couldn't really deadlift. I couldn't bench lowering the bar to my chest, uh, irritated my bicep like crazy and, uh, squatting traditionally with your arms up on the bar was sucked. So I, I pretty much was just doing safety bar squat and leg extension, leg curls, like a lot of isolation movements. Yeah, uh, it it sucked. It was not a good time.
2: I'm kind of interested. What kind of grip did the guy recommend?
3: I guess you're gonna have to imagine it. <laughs> so mm. okay, so typically, everybody
0: I, close your eyes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> when I yeah, close your eyes. Now imagine the ocean. Okay, <laughs> never mind. So. Normally I grip the bar.
0: Why are my pants wet right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: so so normally I have the bar at the bottom of my palm. And uh and I think that's pretty normal that, that's great for performance. Um it's I have the bar at the bottom of my palm. He suggested that I shove my hand into the bar further so the the bar would push uh, right into that that saddle between your thumb and your index, right? So the bar sat really high up in my palm. And then he wanted me to get a really good wraparound grip that almost gave me a, a, a wrist flexion. And so I did it. And when I got to like the second or third rep, that's when I felt it. I didn't hear it because I had headphones on. But I definitely felt it, and uh, once I don't remember if I set the weight down, I don't remember if I dropped the weight. I just remember laying on the floor afterwards and being crazy lightheaded because I just because I knew what was going on, and I was man, I was scared. I want to tear my bicep. Like, uh, it sucked.
2: And and the guy probably left. He's like, he was nowhere to be found.
0: He's uh, like, you did it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> he did didn't
3: really say anything after that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Was was he one of those was he like maybe um a ghost of maybe a janitor who had passed away a few decades prior? Um <laughs> who haunts the gym to Shoot. uh he haunts the gym maybe to just lure unsuspecting gym members into tearing their biceps. Did you give that a Shoot. shot?
3: If that's if that was the case uh I'd be calling the Ghostbusters.
0: <laughs> calling <him> the Ghostbusters? <laughs> yeah. No,
3: he, this guy, he's not in our gym anymore. Uh, Thank God. Thankfully. yeah. And now he's giving a whole slew of people bad advice somewhere else.
0: He's traveling the nation, just tearing biceps along the <laughs> <Yeah>. way. Right? <laughs> giving people you biceps. You tear
3: a bicep. And you tear a bicep.
0: Yeah, he's just <laughs> well, the, the Oprah of that. tearing biceps. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it
3: sucked, man. It was, it's not a cool deal.
1: Uh, nice.
3: I'm better now. You know, I'm not benching 460 plus, but
1: no, I think you, I can get back there. Yeah, you said you're getting pretty close to getting back to your old bench.
0: Uh, I was gonna say, didn't you hit 435? Are you? You got one red, I think. I was, I was looking. I was looking at your previous meet back in April, the most recent one, where you hit like 435.
3: Yeah, I got 435 at that meet. Um, I did get a red and honestly looking at that I don't think I should have even gotten that press I I think I had a little bit of bar descent in there Um, but I mean you know I'm taking it I guess
0: you're wearing Uh, your coach hat when you when you say that I definitely because I'm looking at it and like you held it there for at least a second it like I think anybody you, you get a good amount of people saying that that was a pretty strict pause but I think you being a coach um, and having so many people that you probably coach under you that you're, you're looking at it pretty critically. Yeah. I mean, the way I see it, what is the name of your coaching service, by the way, is it barbarian strength or is it just barbarian?
3: Uh, I just, I guess I don't really give my coaching service a name. Um, I mean, our our team is barbarian powerlifting and Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I just say I'm the coach of barbarian powerlifting, I guess.
0: Yeah, because I remember seeing you at some meets over here in Dallas, like plenty of times. Stacked, rolling, deep. You're always having a good time with your teammates. I mean, your yeah. people that you're coaching, or you know, however you want to refer to them as. But like, yeah. y'all are always making noise. Y'all are always having a good time. That's always that's a good energy to have at a meet.
3: Dude, we have fun. We have a really good group of people, um, a very diverse group of people. We have a couple people in their sixties, doctors, nurses pilots house painters oil-filled guys just you name it we we've probably got someone in there that does that's in a random profession uh, but our community in the gym and on the team is something that has made this our gym so successful and I'd like to say that I had a large part in developing that but it really just, it just happened to be the, the type of that, those good people just came here and stayed.
1: Yeah. So, um, going back to like building that community, like how, I guess, how did that start? Like with, um, the creation of like your powerlifting team?
3: Well, I guess the community of the gym really just started with mostly my friends were members in the beginning and then I slowly started getting attention from people who are not members. And one of our first members was Robert, Robert Ibarra. And uh, in fact, I think he was the first person who was not somebody I knew personally that I let sign up to be a member. And he's one of our, he's probably the old longest running member of the gym. He's one of our, one of our more active power lifters and, He's, I mean, he's still here today and he's got just a super positive, awesome attitude. He's a lot of fun. I mean, when he's here lifting and he's got a little, little group of people, him and Zoe and Bailey, and they're in there in the back in our little powerlifting room lifting. I mean, they're playing backstreet boys and Mariah Carey and South park SPM, you know, they, all kinds of random music and they're just
0: singing to it. SPM? Oh, man. No. See, I tried playing that at Metro once. No I tried playing SPM on Metro Flix, but everybody everybody got real sad.
1: No closing time? Oh, no closing time?
0: <laughs> How do you know when to leave?
3: <laughs> 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 it's 24 yeah. hours. You can leave whenever you want.
0: That's awesome, man. Uh, you get a key to come in whenever. So. Do you think that you run um, and you do run uh, the bar, right? Yeah. So, like, do you think you run it differently than other gyms? Like, what stands, what makes you stand out from like the other facilities and the and uh, the in the state or just in general?
3: Um, as far as like powerlifting gyms or just gyms in general,
0: uh, you can choose to answer that however you want to. Um,
1: well, Both? I
3: mean, we're not like a, a general gym because we have a community. You know, you go to these big corporate ones and they don't have a sense of community usually. Um so most of our people here that are a part of our gym, it, it's kind of almost like tribalism. People are most people that come here don't come here because it's convenient. They come here because they want to be a part of what we have. They like the hardcore idea of the hardcore atmosphere. And uh they like the powerlifting aspect. Occasionally we'll get someone who does come out of convenience and they usually typically fall in love with our environment. Uh, What really makes us, I would say different from a run of the mill, you know, corporate style gym is, is our community. Now looking at other powerlifting gyms, I would say that we probably share that same concept. I think what makes a great powerlifting gym is that, they're going to have community and they're going to be friends. They're going to hang out. They're probably going to do more than just lift together. They're probably going to go eat and drink together too. And, and we do that here too. Um, uh, we're, we're essentially just a one big group of friends. Uh, and I think that's, you look at some of these, I mean, we have so many gyms in Texas. Uh, And from what I see, yeah, we've got tons and growing. There's and even more coming. Uh, But what I see, like what they all seem to have in common is that that sense of community, that tribalism that and some of them, some of them take their tribalism to like them versus us. Yeah, but it does. You know, that's not always a case. And and it shouldn't be a case.
0: Yeah. You, know, you shouldn't lifting. feel like warring factions of different clans coming into a powerlifting meet just cause you come from a different gym, you know, like right. it shouldn't, it shouldn't feel that. like you're going to war.
3: I've seen it on occasion. Uh, but, uh, but for the most part, people network from other gyms and they're super cool with each other. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: social media helps with that.
3: Yeah. It makes it so easy. Social media is awesome in so many ways. Uh, and it's detractions in so many ways too, but, but networking is hugely awesome. Is, is there a lot of
2: power thing gyms in San Angelo?
3: Um, so there's currently there's two. And so the other gym, uh, so the other gym were people who were in our gym before and they were, uh, they didn't really have great attitudes when they're in here and there was some funky stuff going on. And, uh, so they ended up going elsewhere, um, opening their own thing. And, uh, which, I mean, it really doesn't impact us at all. We're, we're doing fine. We're doing great. Mm -hmm. Uh, we didn't really lose anybody when they opened up.
2: Are are you currently just, um, Like running your own gym, are you coaching uh, as well?
3: Yeah, so I run the gym, I'm coaching. I actually, my my primary income is from coaching. So I'm coaching people one-on-one for personal training for various different goals. Uh, Many people do come for me for powerlifting. Of course, that's not the only thing that I'm doing. But um, I've also... I was against doing like online coaching for a while, and I guess it was more of an uncertain thing. Like I, I didn't want to mess with it because I'm not great with technology, and and then I had somebody ask me probably during the shutdown, the coronavirus shutdown, and so I started doing. Yeah, program. I heard
0: about that. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, and. I didn't ever advertise that I was an online coach or doing programming. And all of a sudden just people started asking me. And then before I knew it, I had like 10, 15 online clients and some, as far as California, some were just in San Angelo, didn't work out at our gym. Some of them were in our gym. Some of them were out of San Angelo. Uh, So pretty cool. Uh, And, and I'm glad like, I should have done a long time ago. Right now I'm actually um, playing with the idea, talking with a a software developer about making an app to make it easier for me to distribute programs to my clients.
0: Right. That's good. Mm -hmm.
3: Well, there's a lot of apps that are out there right now, but I feel like they're not quite what are convenient for me. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't cost that much to make an app. When you have somebody that knows how to do it. And we actually have two guys that do software developing in our gym. And uh both of them actually have were ASU powerlifters at one point. Oh, uh
1: nice.
3: so uh which is pretty cool. Frank and and Will. And Will was a ASU Powerlifter way back in the day at the very beginning, probably like 2010. And then Frank. Well, Josh, you know, do you know Frank?
1: Um, I
3: think you know. I bet you is, know who Frank was. Is, was is,
1: is Will your cousin? Or no. This Frank's last name? Let me see. Um, I think I've met him once, but I don't remember like talking to him. He's got
3: him. blonde hair, blue eyes. I think he did wrestling.
1: Oh, at some point. yes.
3: And now I, he's doing competitive arm wrestling.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I remember him.
3: I, I guarantee you if you saw him, you knew who he was. Yeah. Because uh, he did, I think he did one or two meets with the ASU team when you were around.
1: Yeah. 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 So he's the guy that's helping you kind of put together your, uh, your app.
3: I think, I mean... I think that apps the way to go. I'm, I'm using Excel spreadsheet, and not even Excel. I'm using a Open Office document. <laughs> if y'all know what that is, uh, it's basically it's just like the you know Microsoft Word, the Word documents and Excel spreadsheets. It's just a free version mm-hmm. through another company.
2: Yeah, I guess oh, the nice. most common, the most common apps are Excel. And uh, Google Sheets, I think people use those the most uh, most commonly.
3: Yeah, I just, so right now, like,
2: are you are you involved within the uh, like universities or schools around you as far as powerlifting?
3: N- not as much as I used to be. I help some of the ASU lifters with their programming, and and I'll and I'll give them a little bit when I if I see form and technique when they're here at the gym. But I'm, and I did go with them to nationals and help some of them. But I'm not very active with them anymore. Um, it's I'm, I'm I'm busy. I mean, that's the fact of the matter is that I'm busy, and uh, I gotta make sure I don't spread myself thin off everywhere, you know.
2: Right. Do Do you plan on running any any meets like at your gym?
3: Um. So we just had one in May, and we're getting. I'm I'm in discussions with the state chair about. Doing another one in January, and uh, if we get that one going, we're we're trying to get some more people certified as judges. But uh, that one's it's still it's on the table. We're we're not we're not committed to it yet. Like we want to do it, but we're not sure if we're going to be able to pull it off yet.
2: Because yeah, I haven't uh, really seen that many uh, meets around the San Angelo uh, area. Most of the meets right. you see are in San Antonio, some in Dallas, um, a couple in Austin, but nothing in um, San Angelo.
3: Yeah, we, we've only had our one meet here just once a year, and this was the third time we've had it. But Abilene hosted a meet twice, and I don't think they're going to host a meet this year. Uh, at least it's not in the books yet. But besides that, I mean, the next meet would be like El Paso, right? Like, there's there's not a whole lot of powerlifting meets that are sanctioned on this side of Texas, which we need to fix.
2: Yeah, and like a, that'll be a good oppor- opportunity for you to mm-hmm. um, get those meets going because you have yeah. the resources, and um, I think you'll there. There seems like I think there's enough demand for you to run a meet and have enough lifters.
3: Definitely. We had to, we had to cut off registration and we even reopened it because originally we, we had cut it off earlier and reopened it, let more people sign up and then had to cut it off again. And, and there were six, seven, eight people that asked to be in the meet and we had to deny them just cause it, it would just been too much. Mm. And, uh, so, how, how was your the,
2: experience the first time running running a meet like was it challenging did you have any any hiccups or anything
3: well so i use uh west zunker services at texas strength systems so i really facilitate the meet and then he comes and puts it on basically and i'll provide a couple spotters and loaders and and this time we i provided a couple judges but uh With him, I mean, it goes super smooth. I've hosted a lot of non sanctioned meets just for fun, for charity events, and they always go really smooth. I mean, I love that. If you have a good idea of what's going on and you just show up prepared, over prepared, even, I mean, there's always going to be something like you run out of toilet paper. uh, I had that happen.
1: Oh, no. So that's oh, that's always a lesson. No. I always
3: have an excessive yeah. amount of toilet paper when we host a meet. Now,
0: just start digging a hole in the back, <laughs> honestly, man. I've, hey. I've been I've been I've been throwing that around as an idea since our street work. bathroom it was like we're animals. Anyways, we might as well give me like it might save
3: money too.
1: PTSD and it'll
3: <laughs> save the plumbing from having problems. Good for the
0: environment, probably. I don't uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. Fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that happened at the last meet I went to. <laughs> Ran out of so do, you any,
2: too. do you have any future plans to kind of like grow your gym grow your coaching business um or are you just kind of cruising at this point
3: uh i'm cruising i have a few ideas of things that i want to do you know i've seen some of these folks set up uh businesses where they have a team of trainers and i've i've gotten the opportunity to meet lots of cool people from ASU that were interning as strength conditioning coaches. And right now I've got one really good, intelligent guy here named Eric and he's a good coach. He coaches his girlfriend and he coached uh, another guy that was here named Brad. And he was also interning at ASU strength conditioning. He's going on to Illinois actually. And he's going to, transferring out there for a different grad program working in their strength conditioning program but i think uh it would be a cool idea to set something up like that but i feel like my biggest obstacle would be having the numbers of people to be available to coach um uh, i've found that with the growing increase in like online coaching i've found myself being more busy and more busy With that. And if I had other people with me to take that load off, we could share it and share the money, of course, you know. And uh, the city of San Angelo, so where I live, they do a small business competition every year. And it can be for a new business concept or an existing business. And there's a pretty big prize pocket believe first, second, and third place get quite a bit of money. I think first place might get like twenty or $30,000. Oh, wow. And not that you even need that to start a website, but it'd be pretty cool to have.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, sure.
3: you know, I could buy some really nice polos.
0: <laughs> with think the about all water. the Marie calendars. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> um,
3: but I figure I could do something like that, maybe make that into a business plan concept for that competition, maybe one time. Uh,
2: yeah. That would be a cool, a cool idea to scale. If you want to scale your business, that would be a really great idea.
0: hmm
3: But I mean, as right now, we're, I don't see, the only way I could develop the business more is if I started having like group classes or something, which was part of my original concept. My original concept for the gym was to have, it wouldn't be an open, it wasn't an open gym theme. It was to have, so, okay, back up. CrossFit, you show up for your workout of the day and that's your workout of the day, right? I wanted to have that, but have a powerlifting workout of the day, bodybuilding workout of the day, Olympic weightlifting workout of the day, or just general fitness. And when I started this, it was that wasn't interesting to people and they and or they didn't want to invest in it and they didn't see the quality in it but now those same people are paying double triple for one-on-one coaching and personal training than they would have in that concept and i think that concept would enhance the community more. It would help with adherence, like people staying with their workouts because of the community. It would be a lot more fun. Uh, And it might be, I think it might be easier for my time too. Like I wouldn't have to have meet with seven to 10 people throughout the day to train them one-on-one. I could put them in a group, knock them out in one, two or three sessions and then be done for the day. Yeah. So,
2: so initially, when they, initially, whenever you opened your gym, what was your what was your
3: goal? So, uh, at that time, I wanted to have that that group training concept. My goal then was to still have an open gym concept, but have that as well. And then when I was done training. To just be out for the day, and just leave the door locked with, with key entry, and then just do whatever. And I, you know, I still want I, that time. I wanted to, and I do still want to go back to school. And I, and I would like to go get like a PhD and go teach. Um, I just have to make the time to do that. There are some online programs that I could do. I just have to make the time to do it. But at that time, it was doing that. It was it was having minimal work and uh, maximal pay, which is not entirely realistic. At least at that time, it wasn't. Um,
2: yeah. I mean, uh, and that's with, with most gyms, they're not the most profitable uh, business, right?
3: Right. I, I would say like this, like, and I, and, I, and I talked to someone about this back in the day. You know, we opened before I... So I graduated with my master's in 2013. And after I get my master's, I got a part-time... I got a part-time position selling supplements at a supplement shop. And, uh, and I used that as temporary while I applied for jobs that I wanted, career jobs, oriented jobs, and couldn't get anything. So six months down the road, uh, well, back up even still. So after only a couple months of working at that supplement shop, the owners fired everyone and asked me to manage the whole store by myself. And so I did. I didn't really have any other options, so I did it. And when I did this, when I accepted that position, another supplement shop opened in town. And those guys, like, they, they marketed really dirty. They made personal attacks and talked a lot of trash. And they were kind of a group of idiots. So six months down the road, I was tired of being in the supplement business. And I said, hey... If these goobers down the road that opened up a supplement shop could do it, why can't I do it? Why can't I open a gym? Mm -hmm. So, I opened a gym. Hindsight, they're making way more money at a supplement shop than I'm ever going to make at a gym. Simply because they have a lower investment. Their people just come back to them. They have a smaller rent. Uh, But even still, I'd rather not... Be a supplement slinger. I'm I'm happy doing the gym. It's and I love that pre
0: workout bar. Yeah,
3: it's pretty. Weird. <laughs> I love the idea. I mean, if y'all ever come out here, I'll have to show it off to you. It's oh, a, it's yes. a really nice looking bar.
0: Can it be like an episode of Cheers? Can you can you can you give me the pre workout and like a beer mug and then slide it down the bar while I'm at the end and I we I, might I catch can with... try that. <laughs> okay, we may have to go through a few glasses. So I'll bring my own. Yeah,
3: we'll put some like some oil or some slick on the bar, just to make sure it slides
0: good. <laughs> some like skateboarding wax, that like, you put on the edge of like railings that to make work. it easier to slide. We could do that. Yes. Yeah, we'll figure it out. That'll be in, that'll be a, maybe a podcast for the future. We'll figure yeah. out how to do that. <laughs> we'll figure it out.
1: Nice. Um,
3: yeah, we could totally do that. Well, and I also too. So I've got uh, TVs in here, and the one the bigger TV is set up to my retro video games
1: we have so, a retro v- game v- oh video games god. oh so
3: i, I got so. super nintendo sega genesis oh my uh, god classic Nintendo. social club <laughs> nintendo <laughs> 64 yeah, uh, yeah. So i got my video game set up
0: we didn't yeah. even think about that in the in the dream gym that we came up with we didn't even we, didn't, yeah. we, thought, about games dist- we thought about distractions yeah well, you're gonna have to add it in now Oh okay, well I love that. Okay, and I'll add that to the list. Yeah, because it's the staff can rare. upkeep that. Yeah, yeah, they can upkeep it.
3: You finish a workout, finish training one of your clients, and and waiting for his parents to come pick him up. You go pop in Super Mario Brothers or X Men Two, and you start playing.
0: Hey mom, wait a minute.
2: <laughs> mom, wait outside. Uh huh. Yeah. Actually, actually, spend a lot of my time watching Super Mario videos on YouTube. It's be- the speed runs, yeah. I watch a lot of speed runs. I watch a lot of like Mario Maker videos. I think they're mm-hmm. they're amazing.
0: Yeah, oh. they are. I don't know something about them. I've yeah.
3: seen a couple. I can't say that I've really divulged into that a lot, but I've seen a few of those when people, yeah, when people try to finish the the level as fast as they can, or even the entire yeah. game.
2: Yeah, speed runs. That's um, pretty rad. They they do that a lot with. Um, with Mario 64, I think, like a lot of the Mario games, those awesome. are very a popular. They like can
0: exploit, mm-hmm.
1: be a world record holder, and it, it gets insane. And like, they're and then be a speed running world record holder. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Tommy, what's one thing about you that you want everybody to know?
3: Oh, uh,
0: I don't know.
1: <laughs> okay. Cool. All it's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that is a good question. I, 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 I guess the good thing. I, ha- the good thing I, have, about editing. I have one question. That's kind of just okay. for me.
0: No, no, no. I mm. want him to no, ask, no, ask no, mine no, first. No, no.
1: I got. I got the. <laughs> what, what do you think about the new ins or Knee sleeves? Because I saw you got some in. Dude. So, okay.
3: So I've I've worn them twice now. I've worn them for two workouts. All right. So initially, I was so hyped up and I was so excited about getting them. Right, um, I got them in, and I feel them—the weight of them. They're like, they're at least a half a pound each. Sheesh. Uh, I yeah. I put seven and a half pounds. I stacked them on on top of one, and it stood up. When yeah. I put more, they fell over.
0: But I heard that they're super durable, like not durable, but like they have like a really like good spring when you load them from behind.
3: They're so rigid. Yeah, they're they're very so. I got them on the, my first workout training session with them. They're so uncomfortable.
2: Oh, uh, borderline pain. I think that's perfect. I think that's yeah, good. That sounds that's good. That's yeah, that good. sounds
0: that sounds. Dude, I did, more I did. pain, more pounds, right? Yeah. Or more pain, more, no. more plates. I think.
3: It, that day, I did not like them. It took me to my my last set before I I felt okay in them. So I gave them another chance yesterday, actually. So yesterday was my second squat session in them, and I love them. I absolutely love them. They didn't feel uncomfortable with my second shot. Um, they are pretty rad, and you get some tremendous pop. Um, there's a little bit of discomfort at the bottom, but you get a tremendous pop out of the bottom. They are so stiff and rigid. I don't understand how they're, go- how they're legal. I mean, yes, they fit in with all yeah, the specs. I, I looking to look into
2: those. I have to get some legit cheat but, codes,
3: dude. These are some cheat code knee sleeves. So, like. so what I use,
2: I use like an X small SPD knee sleeves, and those like take a while to put on and take off, and they're very painful and uncomfortable, which is mm-hmm. perfect for me. So those yeah. insers actually sound sound like they what I want to get. Must, don't you wear two
0: layers of knee sleeves? And, <laughs> oh, yes. oh wait, you told me not to, you told me not to <laughs> say oh, that out loud. Oh, sorry.
2: Oh. I put cardboard underneath them so I can get more, more pop.
0: <laughs> you starch them. Yeah. Uh, so that they don't. I've never heard
3: of it. anything yeah. like that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well,
0: no, nah, I'm, know, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't. We're I don't, all about, it. we're all about education. Uh, we're right. all about sharing the knowledge. That's uh, what it's, what it's all about, man. Uh, Anas said it, put cardboard in your knee sleeves. <laughs> well, I think back in the day, um,
3: and the, what people would maybe call the golden age of powerlifting there were guys wrapping their knees, and they would put tennis balls behind their knees.
0: Oh yeah, what? They would wrap, <laughs> oh, that is they would crazy. Wrap tennis ball their knees. Yeah, yeah. That's it's pretty like, rad. Write this down. That is write this down. Wild. That tennis balls what? behind <laughs> cardboard. More knee we have
3: now. Back then, there were like ace bandages, though. Uh, yeah
0: like the equipment was like, so it wasn't nearly as well designed as it is now or as engineered as it is now. No,
2: the Uh, insert knee sleeves are better than the knee wraps from back then.
3: Dude. I remember when (laughs) they, Oh yeah, they definitely are. I remember when the SBD came out, I think it was like raw nationals, 2013, 2012, 2013. I think it was, it was in Colleen. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it was World's,
3: and no, it was it was nationals. It was oh, it was one of the oh, very first. Oh, nationals, nationals. in
0: Colleen.
2: That was a while ago.
3: Yeah, it was it was like the very first Raw nationals I went to, and I remember like Marissa Inda was there before she got famous on on the Ellen Show and Instagram. So this is all pre-Instagram. So everyone was just a
0: yeah. everyone was just Marissa Inda on Ellen. That is that is a throwback when she was doing those pull-ups. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, but, I mean, even back then, Marissa Enda was I – mean, I mean, I remember seeing her. Ashley Altieri was one of our ASU lifters, and she and I were both looking at her like – she's like, wow, I wish I had her legs. And I was like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, I no comment. I almost, see, I almost fell for it. I almost said something, but I'm not going to something. She was a stud yeah uh, <laughs> His, Yeah,
3: she's yeah she's still a stud she's super <laughs> freaking strong but even back then like she was she was a boss and uh you know that that was just at the very beginning of raw lifting back then it was a very ridiculed uh which is wild to think about now
1: yeah yeah and it seems that raw has kind of overtaken Popularity in terms of what, what the meta is in powerlifting.
3: But I guess on your question, what would I want people to know about me? Yes, <laughs> I was about uh, to say
2: he answered Josh's
0: question so fast, but he couldn't really, you oh, couldn't really think leaves? of oh, an answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the knee sleeves are awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't reach cereal that was on the top of my fridge, so I used the knee sleeves and I stood on top of them, and <laughs> one thing led to another. Yeah, cardboard. Yeah, Cardboard.
3: (laughs) Uh, Mm. I guess I would just say, like, I would like people to know that I'm honest and that I have that my integrity is, you know, well trusted. Um, I think, you know, in the fitness world, you know, of social media and all this stuff, and sales and personal training and online coaching, there's a lot of snakes out there and a lot of people that just run through people. They, they just run through clients. Um, but but I, th- I would like people to know that I have a lot more integrity out there than than some of these fly-by-night online coaches.
1: Nice. Uh, I love channel. it. Nice.
3: So, Tommy, where can people find you? Um, you can find us on Instagram. You can follow our our page, the, the bar San Angelo and, or my personal page, which is Tommy Janice and, uh, my name, but, uh, yeah, follow either one of those, if not both.
0: Awesome. That's at the bar San Angelo and at Tommy Janice spelled J a N as in Nancy U S as in Sam Z as in zebra. Look it up. Thank you again so much, Tommy, for being here. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Follow us on Instagram at ChalkMyBack. Listen to us every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again for letting us uh, be in your ear. I guess is a weird way of saying that. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. And then uh, Josh and Anas, you can do y'all's weird thing that you do at the end of the podcast. What a weird thing? What are you talking? What do we? What do we do? Yeah. What do we do? A
3: monkey.
1: Your boy.
0: I'm not gonna me get those knee sleeves. Uh get the insert Shout out Enzer <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and gonna sponsor the podcast.